0: This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, where you'll find a Wine 101 seminar series court. You can sip wine while learning about its region and unique characteristics. Each ticket includes a tasting of six wines, artisan cheese, and charcuterie plate, which coming from Zupan's, you know that's going to be good. There's one, let me see, there's Sundays. At 2 p.m. At Cellar Z on Burnside, July 10th, Roan Valley, Part 1, August 14th. September 11th, October 9th, and November 6th. I'm going to leave the actual Wine Focuses open for people to go to zupans.com and see what those are. But you've got to buy your tickets. They're limited. They have limited rooms, so get in now. They also have some additional sake tasting with, with Joto Sake, July 13th, a rosé happy hour july 15th look up those and then um, keep in mind starting july 14th through july 17th save that date if you like rose 20 percent off that weekend very nice rose
1: is very much a a summertime wine right i guess you can drink it year-round but it feels very summery chris
0: yeah, I think so. It's refreshing, and of course, comes in all sorts of varieties, and and sp- there's sparkling, and there's still, and uh, it's may as well take advantage. And and Zupan's wine department is second to none. In- all of their so.
1: departments, Chris. We've been talking about this for some time. So whether it's going in for these wine events, or going into maybe stock up for your Fourth of July barbecues, or just your summertime barbecues, the uh, meat departments, the fish departments, the produce departments, they really can't be beat. They've always got uh, great things on sale Uh, They've always got the sausage of the month Which is always delicious And uh, you and I are just huge fans of of Buying our meat at the local Zupians
0: I'm also a fan of pulling out my camera and Instagramming the produce department because it can't be any more beautiful. I have some other markets that I go to closer to where I live, and it's just not the same thing. I was thinking of it yesterday. It's just not the same thing. They're, they just throw things in the bin, and you pick it up there. It's, everything's a work of art, whether it's in the meat department or the produce department. Uh, Zoo is a place you got to go. Three
1: locations to serve you. You've got West Burnside, McAdam, Lake Oswego, and details always found where?
0: ZooPans.com.
1: All right, here it is. Time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene podcast. It's right at the fork with your host Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures, and I'm Court Johnson, co-host. I, I was going to come up with some additional uh, ways to uh, you know set myself up as co-host, Chris, but I, I I I've been lazy.
0: No, I don't think it has to do with laziness. I just think that uh, that's that's what you are. You're the great. You're the best co-host in the business, my friend. Wow, thanks it 's it 's been great doing this. How long are we? this is we 're in our ninth I to reference it, but i just can 't believe how fast time goes. You know we had two lost years there, so the ninth year is really net seven right. Um, it just seems like that but um, but we 're I think we 're kind of out of it now, so um, I hope so. I hope we don 't return to the whole covid thing, but we 're looking for good positive stories on the podcast and it was a little difficult over the past couple of years and you know many of our um many of the stalwarts of the portland food scene are gone i was explaining to some friends the other day the paleys are no longer doing business as the paleys in portland as a matter of fact they're moving um i don't know if i'm allowed to say or or if if A private conversation should be public as to where. I'll check with Vitaly and Kimberly, but they're leaving Portland. Yeah. They have decided they're going and they are on their way. And in fact, we started chit-chatting a little bit about a trip, a PFA trip, Portland Food Adventure's trip, to where they're going so we can bring people to them and have him once again cook for people, which, you know, they did for hundreds of thousands of people over the years in portland and we'll get we're gonna take i don't know 10 12 hopefully people to them to have them showcase their new environment uh so that would be down the road we'll let people know that but my point is they're closed you know david machado some of my favorites uh episodes and places from years past scott dolich um you know, John Gorham, uh, they're gone and they're about to open RBC in Bend coming up in July. So that's exciting that the people who had so many restaurants in Portland and served so much joy over the years are now going to be doing it in Bend. But that brings us to our current episode, which would be Michael Gibbons, who is the proprietor of Papa Hayden, two locations in Portland that have been become hallmark spots. Um, it was a place that for years we would always go for dessert um, but they also serve great <laughs> great food as well that isn't just dessert and I think they want to know that. This episode is really fascinating because it goes back many years on how Papa Haydn was started and how it has survived through the pandemic and still doing really well and on top of that um, I got to i 've gotten to know Michael Gibbons uh, over the past couple of years. He was a podcast listener, and he contacted us and um, one of the nicest guys in show business. And uh, this episode, I think, will be very fun for people to listen to and to refresh the concept of going to Papa Hayden because in Portland, we're always looking to Eater for the next shiny thing or, or Gary the Foodie's Instagram. What's new? Uh, <clears throat> and it's, you're not going to see Papa Hayden on there, but you're going to hear it on this podcast.
1: Yeah, I think it's important, and, and we should say, Chris, for for full disclosure, this is a uh, repeat. So, if we've got a long-time listener saying, hey, wait a minute, this sounds familiar. This actually comes to us from uh, uh, just a little over a year ago, um, so we're doing a classic episode as we head into this holiday weekend, um, so that just so everybody has a point of reference. This is a conversation you had with Michael a year ago.
0: Right. He was, in, and speaking of Ben, he was somewhere in Central Oregon, I he identifies about where he was with his father, and uh, yeah, it was it was um, nice to catch up with him. It'll be nice to catch up again. So, Court, how do we segue quickly into? What I would like to tell people about, <laughs> which I know how to segue, how was your meal at Ringside? Uh, you know, I, I went to Ringside for the first
1: time in a couple of months. It had been a little harder uh, to get there with the with the girls and the family because of the end of the school year, but we went this past Thursday night, and it was awesome. It's just as, uh, it's everything you, you love it to be. The place was a bustling, um, and uh, man, I I normally don't do this, but... We'd been talking about it uh, a little bit. I can't remember why. I think we were talking about one of their meal kits, but they have the steak butter. And I know you're very familiar with the steak butter. So when I got my my steak, even though it was probably going to be perfect by itself, I thought, okay, I'm going to try a little steak butter on this thing. I was slathering that stuff on everything.
0: <laughs> Did you put it on the onion rings or was it too late? Those were... Uh, I, th-
1: I think by that point uh, I had, well... We, there are plenty of onion rings. I don't. I did not slather them on the, the onion rings, but I'll have to make a mental note to do that next time.
0: Yeah, ask for it ahead of time. No, I, I just don't think that's a, the way to go with the onion rings, and that's why I asked. I, it was, I was humoring myself. Ah, gotcha. At the early hour the, of the, the
1: Again, the, their steaks are so great. Again, typically you don't have to worry about anything, but just, you know, if you, I was just looking to mix it up a little bit, and man, it was good. But uh, definitely an enjoyable night, If you know. Kind of kind of to your point of, you know, places that don't always make these lists that have just been around forever. Ringside is definitely one of those um, places. However, the last couple of months, if not last year, ringside has kind of gone back into those onto those lists that you see on like Eater PDX.
0: Because they've because they've sustained yeah. the restaurants that have sustained so many years. Well, they ringside seventy five. You know, you talk about Paley's place that was coming on thirty, but ringside more than double that. So those places that have sustained years and years of changes and and Portland changing a lot, uh, but not only that through the pandemic. So they're still standing tall, and that's a good place to go. And the segue that I was referencing was that we do these. River trips on the Snake River, Hell's Canyon with Canyon Outfitters. Fantastic trips uh, with George and Lynette Hauptman. Another episode people could reference here that I think is great, and we'll probably run that as a classic episode, too. Um, But we've been running these trips since last year. We've got them again this year, so I'll be eating Jonathan Gill's, Chef Jonathan Gill's food from Ringside in August. That is sold out. However, a fantastic opportunity has arisen. If we had the sound effects from like morning radio court, you'd be dinging the bell. Oh right yeah. Now. yeah, The dinner Ma- bell.
1: Maybe I could go back and post Chris and put that in.
0: Yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah. And so I probably we have a i probably won't. I'll be honest. I probably won't. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> like, ding, ding, ding. There we I'll go. Do it. So July 17th with leaf Gildersleeve and Eric England from flying fish. This was previously sold out. It sold out last year and uh, it's fantastic. They serve their fish on the river and leaf is a fishing beast watching him fish um, and hanging out with him for uh, a few nights on the river is a really special opportunity. It's what we wanted to do when I started Portland food adventures, get this court. That's 12 years ago now was to create Experiences with chefs and because I always thought they were our sports celebrities here or our celebrities that you could hang with. Well, here's an opportunity with Leaf and Eric on the river, July 17th. We have two spots that are on consignment. People who have already paid for some of it, deposits, and then found that they couldn't go. So we just have those two. And we'd like to sell them as a pair. So Get on that. Call me if you'd like 503 314 4221 or go on uh, the Portland Food Adventures website. Check out the trip. There's a link, there's uh, a page there describing the itinerary and all the cost. $2,050 per person. Really special opportunity. It's glamping. They set everything up. All you have to do is show up and you got to bring your own alcoholic beverages if you want. But other than that, it's fantastic. We also, while you're there, check out our trip to Sicily in September. We have a very small group. We've, we've gone through the pandemic with having that almost full and then back down and then back up and back down a little bit. That's the way things seem to be. So I got room and give me a call on that because I also even have a little financially financial wiggle room on that, uh, given that there are deposits in play. Um, so, um, I urge anyone who's ever thought of going to Sicily, this trip is fantastic. So there are two opportunities. And if you're interested, we're also doing the third iteration of Best Country Spain with Javier and JL Canteras and also Andre Barnes, their fantastic server to, um, Bilbao and San Sebastian and many parts in between next April for the third trip, because the other two have sold out. And we thought, let's just do this again. And we are. So get in, because Erdinetta has not promoted it yet, So and it sells out. So uh, here's a, uh, an opportunity for Right at the Fork listeners. Thank you for indulging me, Court, and all our listeners. But I do view these as public service announcements. They're great trips, if you have the time and the resources to do them. Yeah. No, we, the, the PSAs. Yes, PSAs for PFA. But let's get back to the, um, the business at hand, which is our podcast and Papa Hayden and Michael Gibbons. Run it.
2: Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zoopan's Markets unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years now, Ringside has been providing the best in steaks and has been the home for the beacon of great hospitality in Portland now featuring dining in their updated dining room and al fresco in one of the nicest outdoor dining spaces in the city make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com and while you're there sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about the exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved hallmark restaurant ringside steakhouse and by Portland food adventures Featuring the best chef-centric experiences in Portland since 2010, Go to portlandfoodadventures.com to see about the exciting trips our host Chris Angelus leads to places you have dreamed of going, like Western Sicily, this September. It's time to stretch your international wings and expand your culinary horizons. Let Portland Food Adventures do all the planning to the best dining and culture all over Europe and elsewhere with Portlanders you'll get to know and enjoy. portlandfoodadventures.com
0: Michael, thank you so much for being here. I just want to forewarn you. I may have to step away for a second. I've got, as you know, I think, um, my elderly dog Oakley sometimes can't go an hour without my attention right now. So I may have to beg your indulgence and step away for a sec.
3: I'll be right back. All right. If I'll, uh, I'll keep and... that in mind. I, I yeah. have an elderly dog as well, so whose rear end doesn't work so hot anymore. So, uh, oh, that's, how old? She is, uh, she just turned 14 uh, in January. So oh. And what, my,
0: what, kind, what kind of dog is she?
3: It's a, a Welsh corgi. It's my first small dog. Um, my wife got it when we lost our last Bernese. And, um, she got it because uh, smaller dogs tend to be longer lived. So, uh, and I, I have to say, I wanted to put her on a football tee and kick her through some goalposts at first, but uh, she won my heart. So uh,
0: well, they're cool. They're smart dogs. They're cool dogs. Whenever I see one, they're they're very nice.
3: Yeah, no, she's she's incredibly bright. So, uh, uh, it's it's, it's it, She's a joy.
0: Well, I would hope that uh, in fourteen years you would have. She would have endeared herself to you. Yeah,
3: it didn't take long. I think it took <laughs> about, about three months and that was it. So
0: oh, that's good. Well, that's still a while. But you know, you were going through was it did you get her as a puppy?
3: Uh no, she was actually um a turnkey. She was a year old. The breeder had her intending to uh breed, and she ended up just being a little too long uh for the breed specs. So and I think that's part of the back problem, is that her spine is just a little too long. So Oh, yeah. well, I'm sorry. Man, no, no. And she's happy. It doesn't bug her. I mean, dogs are just incredible role models for people. I just you know, she's got a smile on and it doesn't get to her. So,
0: you know, I just can't believe what Oakley's been dealing with. And he's just keeps going. You know, if he trips and falls and is sitting there waiting for me to help, he doesn't complain. He just yeah. kind of waits, and goes with <laughs> it. So it's been. Yeah an incredible learning experience. Cause I've never gotten to this stage with a dog. So this is new,
3: it's new for you. Yeah.
0: So, and I've had a, quite a few dogs, but uh, some of them, you know, well, I did get to the uh, sixth stage with a dog, but five years old, this is, oh, oh. this is different because not that we're going to go into a lot of dog talk, but I don't hmm. mind. It's all right. right. This is different because Oakley uh, having been with him for 17, almost 17 years now. And, um, giving him the best life possible you know on the beach for most a lot of it yeah i'm feeling like i'm not feeling a lot of grief yet but also because i got kodak that was part of the plan yeah and so i'm really celebrating if, if his last day is tomorrow or next week i would know that he had a great life and i know the end is coming so i've had a chance to know you know yeah i'm gonna gr- grieve it's not like yeah a, to, uh,
3: to kind of brace yourself and 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 also um it's a nice it's a nice opportunity like you say to reflect uh back on the time you've had together and the things that you shared and I, I i like the younger dog i figured that's what was going on when i saw kodak join the join the pack and because uh, we did the same thing with our bernard um porter uh we got a oh like when Porter was about uh, five years because the average lifespan for burners is, you know, eight to ten. Um, mm-hmm. And so we got George, uh, who was a female, and uh, uh, they were they were great. And th- it really helped a lot. And then having George after Porter passed was, uh, was definitely a, a great uh, help.
0: It's, yeah, I think, I don't know, I'm not there yet, but I know what it was like to put a dog down down years ago. And I mean, it was months of misery every night yeah. without the, the pause the, on the floor and the, the activity. So with Kodak, I know at least that night, I'm going to come back and I got someone to hug. Yeah. And, and so um, not not to not to diminish how I'm going to feel about opening, no. but it's going to be easier. And this was the plan. It was supposed to be a one year, um, a one year thing. You yeah, know, I was trying to yeah. plant it so when Oakley was 14. Right. And then, um, so it's been three. And I'm actually writing a little bit of a book on how good it's been. I'm trying to. Yeah. How incredible it's been for the three of us, um, the, the transition. Because I never wanted two dogs. So right. I was against it. So anyway, that's yeah. that.
3: Oaky smokes.
0: Oh, yes. So listen, I find it amusing because when you sent me back pictures of you and you mentioned your gray hair
3: yeah <laughs>
0: uh, yeah i didn't i didn't picture i was gonna see you know neil young uh, yeah sorry i didn't mean to no. immediately put, but but you look like someone who went to Reed college many years ago
3: yeah yeah i i wasn't that quite long-haired when i uh came to Reed in 78 um and uh i i start the hair actually is um a, i started long at the beginning of the scourge because Seven years ago, my sister was a double transplant, heart and kidney. uh, And I was with her over the summer while she was waiting for a donor. uh, And I told her I wouldn't I'd grow my hair and wouldn't get a cut till she got the heart. And she got it right before Christmas seven years ago. And uh, I kind of liked it. And I I didn't have it that long, you know, just about above the shoulder, kind of top of the over the collar. Uh, And I kept it that way since so.
0: I <laughs> hope you keep it. I think it looks great. It looks great with the hat. The whole look is going on. you, there got, you go. And I'm also getting a, a I assume it's Portland, a Portland weather report. It's sunny there.
3: Yes. So, it, out, it, so this is actually this is in. I'm I'm up um, with my father uh, in Central Oregon. Um, his second wife um, died uh, two weeks ago, so I'm helping him uh, out. She was 100 um my mom passed uh, years ago from alzheimer's but anyways ruth was 100 and my dad is turns 93 uh next month so he's he's uh, needs a little help so i've been up here for about two weeks and we'll be up here another couple at least through the end of the month to transition him and i think he's gonna move up to uh the cascades in uh washington in central washington uh outside of Leavenworth. my sister runs a b&b up there and uh so he's got a house down on the icicle river
0: and, oh nice uh, yeah but how's he fared through the pandemic he must have it must have been kind of a lonely tough period especially losing your life yeah. yeah
3: it was really hard um you know it's kind of it was kind of like deja vu for him with with my mom um and so ruth was the same way spry until just about the last four months she had a a blood disorder called mds that uh attacks your um immune uh, your red blood cells and they get, they treated it by transfusions but it finally just uh did her in and so she was very i mean she was Again, you know, not to compare it to dog, but it was the kind of the deal where she was very happy, lived a full life, lived to be a hundred and eight months or so, so and uh, uh, was ready to go at the end. And my dad sp- spent the night uh, the last week with her um, when she was in the hospital every night, and, and he stayed overnight. And they were really good uh, at St. Charles and Ben, so you Know uh, as those things go, it was as good as it could have been,
0: probably 100 years. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, what are you I, gonna do? Yeah, so I mean, you got she's got to be, she lived a long life. I mean, a lot of us, I don't even have aspirations to get close to that, so uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> so good. Well, it's pro, I'm sure it's good to visit. Have you been able to visit your father for no, so- this whole thing?
3: no see as a treat so because uh you know nobody was vaccinated i i have a history of uh, fairly fairly serious asthma that's been in abeyance for some time but the last time i ended up in a coma and the whole bit and i just sure. i just did not um i had that fear when i you know when i read it was a respiratory kind and 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 when i get when I get a case of asthma, it usually ends up being on steroids. And then at first they weren't treating with steroids for the COVID and yada, yada, yada. So I, I we kept extra safe and kept apart. So it's been nice to come back. So now we're both fully vaccinated and yada, yada. It
0: feels good. Uh, you know, it's a weird feeling because you don't know exactly. I, I went to pick up some bread locally uh, and then we were both vaccinated and I didn't ha- I didn't put my mask on outside of the car and the guy, the baker here who does a nice job comes out with a mask on. I said, Oh, I, you know, sorry, I'm fully vaccinated. And he said, well, I am too. I guess it's just habit. So yeah, I can't wait until we don't have to, I lost my temporarily my good mask that I didn't mind wearing that didn't fog up my glasses piss me off. So for a couple of days, I was really ornery and just couldn't wait to stop. (laughs) But uh, and the other thing is now that we'll we'll kind of segue into some restaurant talk, but okay. I, I don't know about you, but I just recently hit the wall with eating out of boxes. Yeah, and, uh, take and take out. So let me get your take on this. And you know, my role in the Portland f- food world has always been to prom- been a promoter. I'm not a critic. I don't say I generally try not to say anything negative about anybody. Sometimes some practices I will. Yes voice in about but let me ask you this cuz i feel guilty about voicing this but on the other hand i feel it and i'm sure i'm not the only one so the other night and i uh, the other night my girlfriend and i were looking for you know what's who's open which is hard to find who's doing outside dining cuz we had last uh, saturday night an opportunity to go out and then i saw some meal kits at places that will re- remain unnamed and i've yeah. done meal kits right but it's a hundred bucks for two. And then I just, it just hit me that, you know, it's good for them, they're trying to make a living. I understand that, but what's missing in this equation is when I go out and I spend a hundred plus or whatever I spend, what I like is the opportunity to sit down and have the hospitality experience that you all work so hard to give us. Yes. So to sit down and be waited on, I don't have to clean dishes. I can eat off a nice plate with some nice, hopefully some decent silverware, nice glasses, everything. Yeah. And, but so I don't really, I understand why this is what it is, but as a consumer, I've hit the wall with paying that same amount plus a 20% tip to bring it home and eat it cold out of a box I'm missing. Right. So, and you can tell me this as a restaurant owner, why isn't, I understand everybody's gotta make up some revenue they lost, but why isn't the fact that the restaurant isn't open? So there's no front of it, not much front of the house staff to pay you know, you don't have to pay as mu- a dishwasher as much. You're not washing as many dishes. No. Why isn't that? And you, maybe you're not doing it. I don't know. But yeah. why isn't that taken into consideration so that $100 meal kit isn't 50 Because yeah. it's not the same experience. All yeah. right, rant over. Go.
3: Yeah, th- well, that's our price point is right around 50 uh, But more ba- sort of back on just principle of the thing. I mean, we struggled for a long time with... How- Is there a way to replicate or um, account for that missing gestalt of of hospitality? Uh, And and the best we came up with were um, little treats for the next day kind of deal, whether it's just a a truffle or a a macaron, uh, that kind of thing. And that really doesn't make up for it. As far as the cost, I think we're fortunate. um, I own my buildings most places mm-hmm. don't um so the fixed costs um aside from the labor and the food uh and those other things are pretty well fixed so i, I the price points got to stay the same when you when you talk about a good year being like four percent on the margin uh mm-hmm. n- in normal times that it that's i think that explains the 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 high price i don't want to say anybody's gouging they're trying to just make up for
0: i don't think they're gouging i I, yeah yeah i said they're trying to make up but here's here's the equation it's been over a year Yes. and i just hit the wall with it i'm like i'm tired of eating out of boxes so from a consumer standpoint i'm like well wait a minute you're getting not you by the Mm. way i this was not your restaurant it was another one but the, the restaurants are getting PPP money, so they're getting some compensation. They're getting Correct. some relief. They're, in many cases, they got rent relief, uh, not continued, but for a few months. So I just, I'm glad. I'm really happy if someone can sell a hundred dollar meal kit without yeah. cocktails. That's great. But I personally just. Someone who wants to support everybody but can't afford to do that for a mediocre, less than mediocre experience. The food, I've always said this before the pandemic food is great, but I personally, one of the reasons I started my Portland food adventures is I liked the really cool experience I could have in a particular restaurant. And I wanted to share that the, sh- the ability to converse with the chef and, and just, the service aspect it's not the same just to eat the food
3: no it's it's not and and i i just recently was was talking with my dad and and my wife about that we went um last week there was a nice day and we ate outside up here at black butte ranch and um it's like i think they have seven or eight tables um and of course it was still during the there was no indoor dining and you know the the, sir we had an a trainee. Um, so, and she was nervous as all heck. Um, the food there is, is, you know, again, please don't, don't quote it. It's fine. You know, (laughs) you're
0: being quoted just so you know, (laughs)
3: well, it's pseudo. It's good. It's much better than it used to be. And it's, it's solid, but it's not, it's not something that you would write, write home and go, Oh my God, I've got to have that dish or something like that. Um, but but we started out fairly early. My dad's, uh, you know, he, he starts around, he has his martini around five and, and okay. is done with dinner around six and is in bed by 7.30 or eight. But anyways, there were two tables on the patio and we sat. And when we left, the whole place was full. And it's the gestalt, right? It's the whole thing combined. And, and we didn't interact with anybody. My dad saw somebody and they said hi and all that. But it's this being in a place where all these elements come together that really, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's a basic human need, but we need to be in those th- places like that and have those things because uh, uh, because we're pack animals, you know, in all our right. history. And, and I, I think all those things add up so that the um, sum was greater than the total of the parts. And we had a fabulous time. And, 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 and we realized how much... We had missed that over this last 16 months. Yeah, And, and you know, usually prior, right, prior to, to this, takeout was a convenience that it never was as good, really. Uh, you know, there are very few things that travel well. You you get them in your car, you get home and you look at it. You know, I paid. So, so I that's all. And I don't know how I don't know if you can fix that. I mean, there are some things that do well, but.
0: Right, but that's also a reason many restaurants didn't do takeout because Jeff's had enough of an ego to say, I'm not giving them this fried thing that's going to be a piece of shit when they get home. And But they've done their best now to adjust menus to those things that do travel as best as possible. Correct. But I still say, you know, and my deck is beautiful, and I love, you know, I don't mind eating on it at all, but by the time that food gets Mm. on that in that box, or even for me, I take it out and put it on a plate on the deck. It's cold every yeah, time. No, there's not nothing you can do. Right. I, it, you can warm it up, but it's not the same. No,
3: and then if you nuke it, you know it gets all gummy or steamy or. It, right. For a long time, we didn't do fries for uh, right at the beginning. Right. Uh, you can't. Because there's yeah.
0: I got and an like, air fryer now, though, so I can throw them in there. But I got to do the work. Yeah. And that's not why I go out to eat. So no. I'm, Anyway, that it, it reminds me when you're talking about this of and I'm, I'm really um, I, I'm uh, really pleased that we have been Facebook friends for years, but really never spoken. No, but uh, the fact that Papa Haydn for me was always that you met, you use the word gestalt gestalt experience because. I can't say we I went there for dinner more than a few times but right. for me and I'm sure you know this about your target audience or your customers for me it was a after dinner let's go to papa Haydn for dessert for and what and it, you know it was one of the things that I first that had me first falling in love with portland in a big way because you know, you, we didn't restaurant hop in Connecticut where I was. You just didn't do it. And here, Papa Haydn was like, hey, you want to do something really cool? Let's go to Papa Haydn. And by the way, it never got old. It was no. always, let's go there because there's a zillion different op- yeah. options. And But you'd get there. I would get there. It was cool, like 10, 30, 11, And it yeah. was still kind of crowded, but you could get a table. It wasn't a long wait. You could get in there, but it was there was a lot of energy and – Yeah, try a little of this and a cup of decaf, maybe fantastic. So that embodied what we're talking about now. Your cake travels. Well, that would have been just, you know, let's go grab a piece of cake and take it home. But the experience there is what really made it. And, you know, I had a girlfriend back then, and that's what we did. Every time was hit your, uh, you know, is it the Selwood? You call it? Selwood? East?
3: Yeah, oh, oh, that's World Corporate Headquarters, Chris. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes so we're, yes world yeah. corporate headquarters I didn't realize I could have uh, I could have uh, you know had a conversation with the CEO had he been yeah. there at 11:30 at night right so. yeah.
3: Pausing just a
1: moment here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat here in Portland, an institution, a Portland institution, Ringside Steakhouse.
0: And get excited because now Ringside is open seven days a week, so you can join them for indoor and heated patio dining any day of the week. The hours are Monday through Thursday, 5 to 9, Friday, 4.30 to 9.30, Saturday, 4 to 9.30, and Sunday, 4 to 9. So everything's closed. Close to the same, but go on Ringside's website to check out the updated hours and, of course, uh, see about their Prime Rib three-course $48 special that is moving back to its historic Monday. Yeah, that's really great.
1: That's one of my favorite things to get at Ringside Steakhouse, so you can put that back on the agenda for a Monday
0: night. And... Prime ribeyes, by the case, are back at Ringside. Ringside Signature Steaks are for sale on the website right now. Uh, They're available for pickup on Saturday, June 18th, which is Father's Day weekend. Don't forget that. Mothers, other people, and fathers.
1: And Chris, we should also point this out. Not only can you get their great steaks, but if you love the way Ringside seasons their steaks, you can actually pick up the Ringside Signature House seasoning as part of this.
0: So do that as well and ringside steak salt that I had from a, a pack of beautiful food that I served at a party at my house uh, not long ago and that ringside salt the, the, the steak salt that yeah. they provided is going to last me for a couple of years I assume it's going to be good for that long very nice you, great. Can, you can put it on
1: steaks chops, chicken and your vegetables why not so make those reservations on the website check out the hours on the website ringsidesteakhouse.com
0: you sent me your bio, right? Yes. And it's pretty cool. You know, you were uh, started in the business in Los Angeles and ended up here in Portland at Reed. And I didn't see where you became owner of Papa uh, Heiden, right? You were working there. But the question I want to ask is you don't mention in your bio anything about dessert. It's not in there.
3: Well, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the everything that's not sweet. I'm responsible for
0: it. Well, yeah, <laughs> know, but you're but... responsible for... Yeah. You own the restaurant, so yeah, i no, responsible no, no. for it.
3: Along with my wife, Evelyn, who who was the head baker and... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Who was a head baker for a long time. Um, and uh, the story starts with her sister and, uh, and her brother-in-law, Jeff and Heidi Van Dyke, who opened up in 78 uh, at the East Side at our Sel- Selwood location. And... Heidi and Evelyn had grown up. Well, in East in East Germany, uh, their parents were put in prison for three years, trying to get out to Berlin back in the day before the wall came up, and so they were raised by their grandma. Then and then finally, her parents got out of prison, got to the West, uh, and Evelyn and Heidi had to stay behind uh, before they could join them. Anyways, in West Berlin, Evelyn was sixteen. And Heidi would have been 14. Her mother, their mother had bad experiences in the war. And as you recall, West Berlin was surrounded by East Germany and by the Russians. Mm-hmm. She, just, she just could not do it. They had a small little bakery in Mariendorf, uh, kind of out near where uh, Tempelhof was. Anyways, uh, dad came across, started working for Franz Bakery, uh, bought a house that they all came over. So the inspiration, Heidi and, and Evelyn went to PSU, both got masters in fine arts, Heidi in textiles. Evelyn's a sculptor. She has a piece in uh, Laurelhurst, that big stainless steel abstract piece triad. I don't know. It's down by the, if you've seen it, that's hers. But anyways, Heidi and Jeff start this little cafe because um, you don't make a living making weavings and textiles. And, uh-huh. and it, the intent was to recreate sort of a, uh, a coffee house, a, a Viennese or, or European thing. And they figured, Oh, well, you know, we'll be open till seven or eight, yada, yada. Well, reality hits. Uh, they're a couple, they have a baby and, and we do well. Um, you know, we have an espresso machine. The case is full of, I think, four recipes, two of which were made by her father at first. It was a, um, a Dobos tort and a zocker and, um, I can't, remember. I think a cheesecake, a New York cheesecake. Anyways, they need help. They ask Evelyn if she wouldn't mind helping out for just a year. Mm-hmm. And that's 1978. Ev- Ev is, that's a long I,
0: time ago, by the way.
3: Yeah, I know. it's Everything's 50 years ago, right?
0: Well, or 40. <laughs> I just was looking at uh, an old Van Halen video, right? That was, and I have some ties to Van, the, the uh, band. But the, I, I just too. realized that was over 40 years ago. Yeah. You know, when they were at their peak. So
3: 40. I grew up in La Cunata. Eddie Van Halen was the high school band in my day.
0: That was mammoth in those days, right?
3: Uh, 70. This was 74.
0: Oh, wow. That was that way right? pre Van Halen.
3: Yeah, way pre Van Halen. I came back. I went to seminary, as I said, in, in 72 when I graduated. And uh, he he hadn't hit the scene then. But when I came back to La Cunata for a while... Um, Eddie Van Halen was, was the hot thing to go to on a Friday night party.
0: Really, yeah. Yes. did you ever listen we're we kind of diverted here, but I'm sorry, yeah, back. no, 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 it's fine, I love diver- I'm the one who's always guilty of diverting, and then I hear the only complaint we get about this podcast is you were about to finish something and you went somewhere else, but this is interesting. Yeah. did you ever go to the whiskey or go go to see oh yeah, it?
3: absolutely I, I I remember seeing one of your posts, yeah, I used to go to the whiskey more troubadour guy than whiskey, uh, and right. then the Ro- and Roxy uh, and at the old Palladium I and- at the Roxy. Yeah. And, and my, my big time, I mean, I saw it was a miss, let's call it misspent youth. Maybe uh, I don't remember much of it, but um, the big deal was Polly pavilion, grateful dead new Riders of the purple sage. And mm-hmm. I sat next to this tall redheaded guy and we shared, we shared some weed and had a good time and some other things. It was bill Walton. I didn't know bill Walton from anybody. So
0: I guess he was kind of tall.
3: He, he was really tall. It Was right at center court, and and we had great. Uh, and it was floor seating, and you know,
0: that's tough. awesome. Well, I have my I have my Hall of Fame center Los Angeles story too, and it relates to the Roxy. I was the doorman at the at the usher at the well both at the Roxy in 1978, summer of 1978. I think it was 78. It might have been 77. Summer okay. of 77. And so my job was to seat the celebrities in the VIP section at the Rock. Right. Among them, you know, Elton John with his entourage, and yeah. oh my God, Rob Reiner, who was an asshole. And um, uh, but I sat at the time. I think he was no. I th- I think he was Kareem, Kareem Abdul Jabbar at the time, not Lou. Oh yeah,
3: that that in seventy. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, I yeah, sat yeah, him
0: yeah. in the back of the VIP section and I was standing right next to him and he was taller than I was. And he was sitting. So <laughs> I, I will never forget that. Yeah. So, all right. So listen, did you have any, did, how about blazers at Papa Hyden? Let's get back to that. No, sure. you were talking about that, where, how you started there and how you
3: got yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I, anyway, just to finish up the, the thread, um, they, they started with this Viennese coffee house in tent, um, and that was the whole deal. And, and as you pointed out earlier, we didn't know it was a business plan to have not only lunch and dinner, but to have these shoulder hours right between lunch and dinner and then after dinner. And so that really was a key to our success. That and my wife's creativity, she cha- treated chocolate. She's not a baker by training. Um, she's a sculptor by training, but she treated chocolate and desserts um, that, as ethereal sculpture, right? As as ephemeral. Uh-huh. Um, is what is the word I was searching for. So that's the whole key to key to that. And uh, so that that finishes up that thread. And well,
0: yeah, but you've been she's been doing it for a long time now. So eventually those recipes, I would imagine, get honed oh, a yeah. little bit. And then you still get the sculptor concept, the sculpt. And so by the time it all came together, when Portland actually started having a food scene, food scene yeah. So then you, I think you had it down and still do.
3: Yeah. We uh, were old kids on the block by the time, um, you know, Zephro hit in holy moly. When did Bruce open on 21st? Like 80 after us on the West side, 80, that had to be like 85. maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Maybe that's a little early, but yeah, we, we had been around and um, you know, Evelyn stopped baking years ago and we have fabulous talent in the, and the, the, for a long time, the best bakers that we had weren't professionally trained. They were art school dropouts and, and that kind of deal. And Fawn Hosey, who still lives out in Elvace, she was a key person. And our current baker, Risa Milas, uh, grew up in the deli business and down in L.A. And you know, Anyways. So, uh,
0: well, that's, that's awesome that you don't, you know, in a day when everybody has a lot of chops, that it, that wasn't what it took, and you know, and that's what you hear from a lot of um, restaurant owners and chefs. Is some of the best employees are those that are moldable, yeah. So that they aren't coming in with a lot of bad habits or habits that don't mess with what how you do business.
3: Yeah, or 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 just um, they're outside. They don't have boxes that restrict them. You know, that they and they're not afraid um, right. to try anything or intimidated. Those kind of things. Pat, I think passion is is key. Uh. And, and it and this the business has changed a lot since since we started um, for the majority of your employees were transitional. You know, college kids looking to pay a little extra or do something during the summertime or a high school thing. And as the economy has gotten more Banana Republic like um, and I don't mean the store, um,
0: yeah, no, there's two ways to go with that when yeah. I <laughs> first said that.
3: <laughs> um, it, it's become more of a, a landing and ending place rather than a transitional place. And, and so um, it, it's it's just a different environment. And part of it's because we're cranky old people and, you know, you kids today kind of stuff. But,
0: uh, <laughs> but <laughs> well, that, do, I, I hear that to a person for people who are our age that, you know, um, <laughs> that we're all cranky because you're dealing. It's like dealing. It's when dealing with my children. It's like you made me cranky. Could you just do this? Why do I have to do it? <laughs>
3: Well, so. yeah. As the T-shirt used to say on Reed when I first got there, it was a daycare center for young adults. So yeah, and that's how sometimes work feels that way as well. But yeah.
0: and, and later uh became you know portland became where 30 year olds go to retire
3: Retire, right that was a great line from Portland. i
0: I think that was it or at least it was close so that being said you're now dealing with a lot of unknowns because wow who knew that 2020 was going to come and hit you from every side imaginable so there's not only the pandemic then there's this all all this awareness and um you know uh Treating people well in the kitchen, and people coming out of left field, unchecked with accusations and so forth. Out of that, I mean, so and you got to come out of that now. There was one thing: looking at that and evaluating what you're going to do no. now. Well, now you got to, now that you're going to be busier, and I don't know more whether that that micro. No, call it a microscope or a telescope is going to be on everybody as much, but how are you going to deal with that?
3: Well, we, we deal with the way we've really always dealt with it and try to treat people fairly and honestly and um, transparently. And I think there's some good things that are co- going to come out of this. Um, and I think we might see um, a better uh, pay scale and equity in terms across the board in the restaurant, especially back of the house, front of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be, be, being in the business long enough that the imbalance between front and back just got totally out of whack. I mean when I started, um, I think minimum wage was somewhere around five eighty five and and the only people who we've ever paid minimum wage to were uh, wait staff um, because they earned the money in tips and I had cooks and bakers at that time were like twelve bucks an hour, you know, so more than double. Uh, and probably on par with uh, waiters' tips, and and that, well, that that just got whack. And and I think one of the things that's going to happen out of this, and it's all, we're starting to do it, is to bring those things closer to an even playing field. And then um, our average wage right now, um, because we're able to share tips, um, is somewhere just uh around 20 an hour not not quite for some and a, and a little more for others but that's that's the mean and i and and our goal is is to have both sides be on the same so it end up somewhere around 24 obviously somebody's taking a haircut and it's front house there they had it really good for a while and and i do don't want to um pull the rug out from them uh, but also that Sort of uh, halcyon golden age, where really through no um, dessert of their own uh, pardon the, the unintended pun um, w- was a boon to them, right? I mean, people were earning 35, 40 an hour, even more. I saw a figure the other day. this was never us, but for Puck at down in LA, he, he had uh, weight staff earning 100 a year, 100, 100k.
0: Oh, I've heard a little some of that around Portland, too.
3: Yeah. So so that, that's not fair. Um, you couldn't do anything about it for a while. Um, the Bureau of uh, Labor kept us from uh, sharing tips as we wanted to.
0: Uh, uh, let me just point out just in case, because people will misunderstand anything these yeah, days or yeah. use things in context to their advantage. Right. When you say that's not fair. You're saying in relation to the back of the house. Correct. You're not uh, just thinking your employees shouldn't be doing. No, that
3: well. no. I, I'd like to give them as much as possible and and, and still have a, enough to have sent my kids to college, et cetera, et cetera. And all. yeah, no, I, I, I don't mean it that way at all. I just meant in terms of kind of equal work, equal pay. Mm-hmm. And, and why should somebody who works um, four hours earn as much as that other person working, you know, 10 hours or 12 hours over a hot stove. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I'll tell you just a little aside. So when we first started, we shared tips with the back of the house uh, dishwashers um, and pretty, and and that went on from like 78 till we opened in 83 to about 84. When we let go of a, a front of the house person um, who turned around and said she was forced Uh, to share her tips with people who, and we ended up paying a goodly amount to, in back wages, almost a quarter of a million bucks uh, because we had been sharing tips with all those people. And you know, so, so our intent from the beginning has been pretty much, and the, and the dish pit is the worst. I mean, that's, I think all, a lot of people in the industry started there and realized what um what a job that is.
0: You know, the irony is, as I hear you, is I'm sure you would if you were gonna outlay a quarter million dollars, you wish that would have gone to the back of the house correct, you know, all those years. That was your intent. That was why you got into the the pickle.
3: Correct. Correct. So
0: so anyway,
3: yeah. I, I do I do think we're gonna come out of this with with that evening up a bit. Um, you know, and um over the next five years and then we'll make we'll offer um, front of the house staff commissions uh, on X. Over, you know, we'll increase we'll take the tipping share over um, a baseline of sales and then decrease it. So they, the more they sell, the more they'll keep. I mean, because after all, it, it is hospitality, it's a special kind of, of sales, but it is sales that that's that's what the business is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a craft. And, you know, I'm sure you have places where you go, you who you've struck, stricken up, struck, struck a relationship with a way with a service staff member. And that person makes makes your experience even much better.
0: And, And you know, interestingly enough, that's why in many cases, that's what brings me back. So the awesome food may yeah. But there are places where I like the service so much. Let's go there and have them take care of us, which is again, right back to my original comment, which is what you like. So, but on the flip side, oh my God, there are so many, and I'm going back, you know, pre pandemic, but so many front of the house people who aren't worthy of Correct. those kind of numbers that you're talking about, because they don't know what they're doing. I've never waited a table in my life, but I've sat at a number of them. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, wow, there's a simple thing they could have said or did or not said um, that would have been great. And right. so Service that's, why, that's why I think you're what you're talking about, some sort of commission base, makes a lot of sense because those people who really don't have a clue Right, aren't going to aren't going gonna to benefit gonna, as much correct. as people
3: do. In the at the end of the day, right? You want you want it to you want earnings to reflect effort uh, at, above a baseline of of a living wage. And service will always trump food, um, no matter what. You can have great food if you have bad service. It's it's not going to be as good. It's just going to uh, mar that experience. I had, and if you have um, really good service and the food's just okay, it elevates. The food uh, i had that ex- explain real- real- in the la i had we i was working at a steakhouse basically uh you know tiffany glass salad bar i'm sure you can imagine the, the place anyways and i was back in the kitchen and i had I, I'll, I'll never forget this this waiter john cox he used to just drive the kitchen just crazy because he'd have special requests or he wanted this and, and what i didn't see because i hadn't been out in the front of the house yet was he was really trying to please the customer. And one night it it, it got so bad. He had this, we used to do prime rib and all we had left were the middle and which was rare, medium rare and rare. And the way you would cook it back up is to dunk it in the jus for just a brief little splash that would take the red color away. It really wouldn't change the texture. So, so we do that and he brings it back and he says, it's not well done enough. They cut into it. Can't you put it on the, throw it on the grill? On the. We had a wood-burning grill. I said, no, because the thing will come out like a piece of rubber. And we, we fought once or twice over it. And finally, I put it back. I dipped it in the jus, slapped it back down on the plate, turned around. And the next thing I knew, I had a piece of prime rib up against my face right <laughs> here. And uh, so, so I'm like, you know, either he goes or I go. And I talked, I talked to the owner that night and he said, look, what you don't realize is there are 20 people in John's section out there who are as happy as campers, no matter what you do. So we worked it out and, and and it really hit home is it takes more than just the good food to to make a happy customer.
0: And I know this isn't important in that anecdote, but the fact of the matter is if anybody likes prime rib, well done, yeah. they don't give a shit about rubber. No, they're, right. They're yeah. already in there. They like it that way.
3: Exactly. And, and you know, you're back there. Oh, this is my food and I don't want it. Right. No longer. right. Yeah. So, yeah. can I have ketchup with that, please? Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I've had uh, not to go into it, but yeah, so many you just realize, okay, I'm not going to try so hard to have you enjoy it because I don't think you under, you, yeah, you don't enjoy things a certain way. It's much like Democrats and Republicans. Holy shit, how can they think that way? But some people think that way about certain types of food. And how, you know, I go back to my father, what do you mean you don't like brains? How can you not, how, you know? <laughs> Well, some people don't. That one, I can it's a big tent. <laughs> it's
3: a big tent. There's room for everybody.
0: Exactly. So, you know, one of the things uh, you alluded to it indirectly before, but one of the things that you haven't had um, going for you over these last, you know, since I think around 2003 five seven when the food scene yes. started going up is. You couldn't be the next shiny new thing. No. You could be for people coming into town like me, like, holy shit, look at this. Yeah. But you weren't you. I don't know. I'm sure you haven't been featured on either very often.
3: No, you know, we get it when icons of Portland or, you know, places that um, haven't died along with the dinosaurs kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so, but um, and, and, and you know, I, I I wouldn't be honest if I didn't say there was a little bit of, you know, what are we, chopped liver? Um, right but, but uh, somehow, um, those years we've built up a, a good brand. We have a ton of regular customers um, and people who come. Uh, and what I'm also noticing is our our clientele has expanded. Um, and you know, before we would get um, all my Hispanic folks were back in the back of the house. Now I have successful second, generation who are actually i guess third um customers who are hispanic and come in with their families um and so i think we we do fine you know we're not, we're not the only kid when we were when we hit um 23rd um you remember the mo- gus van zant's movie drugstore cowboy yeah uh, so so like we were we were the only restaurant on the block. There were still some dive bars um, and co- boys and girls aids. It was it was a, I guess, transitional neighborhood at the time, kind of. Um, and anyways, the I was going to say the, the store across the, the drugstore across the street, Irving Street Pharmacy, Milt, owned that. It was robbed like th- two weeks after we were opened. And Gus Van Sant was dining that night with us. Uh, had some dessert. I think that's where I like to think that's where the inspiration for the movie movie came. But but anyways, what I, what I, the point was? I'm sorry, it's very securitous, But yeah, we we had lines out the door. We're no longer the new kid on the block. But we feel um, that uh, we still have um, the ability and 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 execute. Uh, a great dining experience. Um, we have a, you know, we know where I know. I mean, talk about inferiority complex. Uh, I think our food, and I think Elmer Santos, our executive, is one of the best, if not in Portland. You know, I'll put him right in the in the top five, but he doesn't get that recognition, and and it doesn't because we have we're known for our desserts, but uh, we do have what we like to call the full meal deal, where you know, I think we can uh, provide an experience equal to or on par with a lot of other restaurants. We have a great wine list. I have great aperitifs. We have appetite, you know, you can do the whole thing there and, and have a, and spend two and a half hours or you can come for 20 minutes after the theater or a quick, you know, or pick up something on the way home. So it's, I'm I'm grateful and we remain extremely grateful to um, be in such a marvelous place as Portland and, and, we raised our kids. We've employed thousands of folks over the year. I have a, a MacArthur fellow over uh, as one of them. We have lots of people who bought homes and st- work, you know, so all those things make me feel good about what we do. And I still love to cook and I love to eat. And, and I do think that as we alluded to earlier, this gathering together, um, is just somehow taps a, taps a root, taps something really in your soul or your spirit. And, and it, it, is it necessary? No. Um, but here in, in today's society, I think it provides uh, an oasis, right? You know, the Hemingway, it's a clean, well-lighted place. You know that story. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, and, and that's exactly what we try to provide.
0: Well, it goes way beyond stuff. Yes, Uh, we've all we all try to provide some security for ourselves and our children. And, you know, the good things in life, I consider the good things in life, those experiences. Uh, Yes, those experiences. Yeah. Do I like a nice watch? Yeah. Yeah. But I think more important, I could give up the watch and just have great friends that I can get together with. And I think that's more important. So I want to ask you, because you just mentioned it. Do you still love Portland?
3: Yes and no. It's, it's <laughs> I, I, um, I, I think we're in a very transitional phase here and we'll see what happens. Um, I think uh, put on my you know, political science hat. I think we have a poor form of government in council government, um, especially even more so since they um, unregionalized, since they're at large now. Um, and there's no executive with any power. Um, and we've had a succession of poor leadership for a long time. And uh, to be clear, I support the majority of the social agenda out there that would be called left. Um, But I also realize that from a small business point, uh, and I think any small business has, has, you know, the dividing line between success and going under is is pretty fine. Um, And I think a lot of small businesses are being taxed. beyond their contribution financially um to support that social agenda and the big big boys so to speak get away um without their um same sort of per capita taxation right Right. well i i think i think it's it's um it, it, it could go a couple of ways and and you know um but we're willing to stick with it. And, uh, you know, I, I see warning signs. I see Kurt Huffman, another Reedy, uh, you know, trying out Lake Oswego out in the burbs with the food court. Uh, and I, you know, I talked anecdotally, I talked to friends who are looking to move and that kind of thing. And, you know, when you start adding up the corporate activity tax, Portland, Portland tax now is da 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 da. You know, I mean, I'm now I'm now I'm sounding like, hey, you kids, get off my lawn. Um,
0: well, yeah, but then where there's that part of the equation, but then as a business owner and a resident, you start to wonder where is what good are my tax dollars doing when it, uh, when you can't even walk down the street?
3: No, it's so, really bad.
0: Yeah, and so if, if there's taxes. If that if you felt you were paying exorbitantly high taxes, but you saw gardens and tweeting birds and people all over the place uh, like you do in Scandinavia, yes. um, then you would, and then you might feel differently about those, but Correct. you know, I know uh, my, I guess I'm not going to get specific, but I have good friends in the business who one of whom, two of whom are out of town right now. And it was like, yeah, how much we paid in taxes and what we did for this community. And, yeah. and you couldn't even, you couldn't even get a cop down to the, down
3: to take care of vandalism no it's 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 real. you know it, it that that part i think it ain't over yet is i guess it, it, and we, we shall see um you know uh uncle donald uh wasn't uh the the be all and end all he wasn't the cause of this thing he was the symptom and uh that just his being defeated thank god um is not the end of it we're still in the middle of all this I mean after all nationally what was it 70 million people voted for that clown oh. uh, and, and you know um here in Portland we tend to think that I don't know we talk about the bubble it's definitely a bubble you know you don't have to go any farther than Gresham to to see it right
0: the- well yeah and Listen, I, I, some of my best friends, I don't know. I don't ask any longer if they're Trump supporters, but certainly Republicans over the years, I had to, you know, figure out how to find common ground and did, you know, I love those people. Yes. But this is, this is a little different. It is. um, But I don't know, you know, I'm still wondering, I don't know, but I'm still wondering why people are still vandalizing still. I, I I don't get that at all. And I don't get why the city can't do anything about that.
3: So. Uh, I agree. Uh, I, I could, <laughs> and, and and that that's definitely, I mean, every time I see this, you know, we have a good neighborhood uh, association and, you know, a direct action thing and, you know, you get nervous. Right. And that's a lot of, and, and, you know, I, I'm not, you're not, a, you can't, you're not equating um, cops shooting people with, a brick in your window that obviously those are on two totally different com, uh, planes and yes you can your insurance covers it but at the same time it's not only your livelihood it's your staff's livelihood your and
0: at some point we have a society of laws yeah. and at some point Right. They're not the same thing. But throwing a big brick through the window night after night after night, that's wrong. And something yeah. should be done with it. So And, and,
3: right. and you, yeah, I agree. And, you know, I mean, the best the best thing would, you know, for all those people, if they would start arresting those folks and, and rather than making them do time, make them clean it up. Right. Right. You know, and or put put them for uh, in uh you know, whatever it's, I, I don't have any solutions that it's, but it, you, you, it gets very frustrating, um, to basically see hands tied or, or tw- thumbs being twiddled while, ro- and, you know, I don't want to exaggerate it because it's not Rome burning or that kind of thing. Um, but it is
0: it's as close as we've ever seen.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's gone out. It's, 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 um, beyond all 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 the pale of of uh, what they're what the what the intent of the pro and that's a distinction the protest is one thing the vandalism is another thing and i don't necessarily think the same same thing is they're not connected right sure. it's, it, it's
0: well they're connected in that some people are taking advantage uh, they,
3: of, yeah correct of, they're of using it, it as saying covenant.
0: this is connected but it's it's not it's, it's not. well if it whether it is or it isn't, someone's yeah. gotta someone's gotta point out the difference and take care of that.
3: So, yeah, that's that's the point I was making. And
0: then and then take the heat if there's a problem on that end. But still, I think uh, for the good of society, um, those things need to be taken care of. All right, enough yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this: So you've generally, you know, stepped away from the business, your son, and you've got some great people running your restaurants. What what is it? Aside from the last year, up to 2019, what do you, what do you what do you get the most joy from? What do you like to do uh, now? Because the restaurant business is not easy, and no. you spent many years, uh, you know, working really hard. Now, you know, the fruits of that. How are you enjoying the fruits of your labor?
3: Uh, well, before before 20, we we travel. Uh, we we'd spend um, a month in Berlin, uh, in my old wife's stomping grounds. Um, and uh, I get I get joy from being in wild places, from hiking and backpacking. And I love I love to read. Um, my wife's an artist. She she likes to fill our home with uh, lovely lovely things and and garden. Um, and we like to just keep kind of um, our fingertip on the pulse of the business and stay out of the out of, out of their way um so th- those things are, are nice and i like to play tennis uh, you know i just all the things you do before you get too decrepit to do them <laughs> anymore um and theater and music uh we support that and so you know i i, I we're, we're very fortunate to um have made a good living at this and to be able to to enjoy that. And as, you know, as far as the business goes, I think we look to expand our, our sort of um, uh, hedge bet. will be trying to increase our wholesale business um, to hedge against any deterioration in the dining business. I, to be honest, Chris, I, I, I I'm like you, you know, I want to get back in an indoor dining. I don't know when that's going to happen though. Uh, you know, fingers crossed before the end of the year, But I won't be surprised to see us um, another two years. I mean, look, look at what is it? 30% of the nation is vaccinated and already the um, supply now of vaccine exceeds the demand. And and so you got to you got to you got to take off the ineligible folks who are too young. You can't get vaccine. But that still leaves a huge reservoir for that virus to live in. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, you know, it's going to I don't think it's going back as soon as we want it to. I guess that would be my
0: I suppose. But I know personally, I feel a little more at ease having a vaccine.
3: Oh, yeah. Same.
0: (laughs) And by the way, I'm still there's part of me that thinks, oh, my God, what if this was a grand plan? However, I've talked to enough doctors. And yeah, at least I feel a little better about that. But I do think that. Uh, You know, I just feel for operators now who just dealt with let's stock up for this great weekend and oh, sorry, you can't have indoor dining again. That was the most insane thing I've ever seen.
3: Oh, I mean, trying, you know, last week uh, uh, for the for the lack of uh, two patients, we would have been in hospitals statewide. We would have been closed. And then, you know, to tell us to turn around and be open for mothers, the. You know, one of the biggest dining was was a, you know, we did what we could, but you can't you can't tell somebody who was scheduled and then you told them off and then oh by the way come back.
0: I didn't even think about the labor side of it. I was thinking of having the food go bad and then having to you know so
3: well both yeah right. So
0: many things have been challenging. So boy, you've swung the bat with the donuts on them for the last year. So hopefully everybody will come out of this. Uh, with being able to handle anything and also with like a, a takeout profit center that is stronger than it was before. Yeah, so. yeah
3: exactly. And, you know, I, I, I told my, my son if uh, at last March, if I have to hear the word pivot one more time, I'm going to just go nuts because I mean, that's what you write. Uh, any small business, you, you, if you're not paying attention to demand and your customers, and that's pivoting, right? I mean, that's whatever you want to call it. it
0: this was it, more pirouetting. This was constant turning. Yeah. So pivot is one thing. Yeah. But I agree. Yeah. I got tired of the word. And then I started, you get to the, so many scenarios where you have to use it. So yeah. I think every time, if you listen, anybody who listens to this podcast always hears me disclaim the word pivot, but I'm sick of it. But on the other hand, that's what yeah. everybody's had to
3: do. Yeah. Nimble. So, right.
0: So, yeah. um, Boy, I hope, I just hope we can, and you know, for me, I can't wait to travel again, but we moved our trips that we were doing to Spain and Italy. Th- these fall trips are too close to, yeah, for people to feel good about making um, flight arrangements and we don't yet know about Europe and how right. they're going to be. So we move those to next year. So that's, you, that's twice now. Your you're, you're fall of 22?
3: now putting it off we
0: were spring and fall 2020 then 21 now we're spring and fall
3: 2022
0: and you know i'm fairly confident about that but the cool thing is we've had you know probably uh 75 of the folks who were booked in 2020 who are still with with us because i think they you know they don't want their money back they want to travel Right. so um you know keep it with you and let, make this thing happen Chris so I've been doing the best without really having a lot of with having some communication in Europe but they've been you know they oh. don't know either
3: no so, I my wife has family still in the former east and, and you know things are just as bad there as they are here in terms well, of-
0: I think we've actually surpassed them finally
3: yeah finally so yeah.
0: we're a little better and we should you know, we always Mm. you know we're very provincial here we always thought we were we should be ahead of them and to not be f- for years was really rough yeah so uh, last question and i don't think i prepared you for this and i usually do and i'm sorry if i didn't but That's all right. um can you uh, maybe pre two thousand twenty? Some of the places that you enjoy most in Portland when you go out, because I right. well, long you, like to know.
3: As long as you agree to you know sign non-disclosures to people who hear this, because um, I hate to give away my good places, but um.
0: oh well, I'm better that than you forgetting who you uh, later thinking, Oh, I should have mentioned this place. Right. So I give you the disclaimer that this is on the spot and you probably you're, you know, you're my age and and you're going to forget stuff.
3: So the first place that comes to mind uh, and it's probably my number one favorite is Yuzu out in Beaverton. It's in a little strip mall. Uh It's a Japanese izakaya. It's run by a couple. Um, The woman's the front of the house, the husband's the cook. And again, it's, is the food the best Japanese food? No, it's bar food. It's izakaya, but it's prepared with love and it's served with love. And th- I I never go away unhappy or uh, nothing but being um, more than elated. Um, I used to, uh, I would say Jose Chesa's place, but it's not there now. Uh, that was a loss. The same kind of thing. Food, excellent but so was everything else that went along with it and, um, small intimate. And we always had a great time. Um,
0: I, I'm not going to be able to talk about that without a tear in my eye. No, it, I it's. Don't okay. think, it's you're, you're, it, we're going to see him in Portland again. So
3: I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a real hole in the community and there's others, others too. And then kind of like just sort of, I, I like, uh, Um, Michael's uh, sausage, uh, Italian-style sausage combo sandwich on Sandy. It's been there for years.
0: Dude! Yeah. And I was sad when I stopped in last year (laughs) and I heard he passed away.
3: Michael passed, but um, the gal who used to um, run the front with him is there. Uh, Yeah, Michael Zojkic was a a sweet generous, one-of-a-kind I mean, yeah, not, no way I would have worked him. That help wanted sign never went down. <laughs> but the sausage he made was just fabulous and they haven't screwed that. So that's a
0: great. Did you, did you ever get to have a conversation with him about food carts and you know, how Portland had changed?
3: Yes. Oh, oh yeah.
0: God, that was so fun. I loved, I did. I love that guy. I love to stop in yeah. and uh, just his he was so passionate about what he served, you know, yeah. right. Everything had to be perfect the way he wanted it. And so, right,
3: you know, and he pickled his own jalapenos and the whole right. from, from soup to nuts kind of deal. Um, and then I'm trying to think, I guess that those come off right at the top. Um, and I haven't been out that much lately. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Oh, I, Oh, I, I love, um, what's the Italian place on Burnside? Um, it got written up a few years back. Luce? Lucha, yeah, Luce. That I, I like that too. I, I I've never had a bad bad time there as well. They have a great eclectic uh, wine list. Their Sicilian wines are really nice. And, well,
0: know. there's a guy John John Taboda who's been, you know, he again he's not, It's hard, he, he did that. He found a way to be shiny for a little yeah. while after having Navarra for so long. Right. That was the first place that I hung out with regularly. Aside from Papa Haydn, I think I discovered Navarra first. Okay. And, you know, do, yeah. is that talked about much any longer? No, we were just by there the other night, but it was busy. It was good to see. So, yeah. um, so, so those Luce, are some, yeah. like, and then
3: I love Gabriel Rucker's place, but everybody, who doesn't, right? And, and, right. Who, and, there's a
0: lot that you... There's a, a lot of places out there that are hard not to love, and, yeah. and they're good people too. So, you know, the restaurant could be great, but if the people aren't so great, then mm. uh, takes the luster off of it. And Gabriel is just a G- Gabriel and Andy and everybody there. They're just, they just do a great job.
3: Yeah, so. they do. I agree.
0: Canard, right? I'm sure you canard.
3: Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, I, yeah. So, yeah, canard even more than than Pigeon, because Pigeon was too hard to get into. but uh, Right. And yeah.
0: can I, well, Pigeon might be easier. I just heard, do you, uh, I just ran into Brooke Jackson Glidden of Eater the other night, yeah. coming out of Longbond, which you don't have to make a reservation for now. You can just go there.
3: Can you? I didn't yes, know that.
0: You can get right in. So talk about spoilers. and Yeah, and, there you uh, go.
3: Well, now there's going to be a line for reservations. Well, I don't
0: think, I would love to think that we fucked it up. Yeah, <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case, but maybe a few people. I hope, but yeah. I, I, I'm going to be there, and um, so uh, I refrain from asking questions because I—it's tempting to say, "Have you been here? Have you been there?" It's yeah. always tempting. I don't want to do that because I don't know if you've been there, and right. uh, th- then it becomes what I like, which isn't what this is all about. So. Um, I appreciate Are You're a baseball fan, right?
3: I am. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a Dodgers fan, and, and we're not for doing, this
0: week. It's going to change. I, I know. I know it. Yeah,
3: I'm a big time baseball fan.
0: <laughs> and, and so, I, what are your earliest baseball memories?
3: Um, my dad worked for this company called American Cement. Um, and so, he got the boss's tickets, which were behind home base. I think it was the second baseball game I ever went to, and uh, we went with my sister and my dad, and we're watching the game, and all of a sudden the smell just of burning hair and and Groucho Marx was behind us, and he, his cigar ash had lit my sister's long fly away blonde hair <laughs> on fire. So I remember that. And then
0: who's got Groucho Marx memories? This is this is a you're a legend just having the memory generationally. <laughs> no one's also, no one's gonna have that.
3: And and then I, I tried to convert my daughter to um baseball early on and I took her to a a, a Dodger game. Uh, Since then, she's confessed that the only reason she went was for the ice cream and the little plastic helmets. And she really. But anyways, the first time I took her, I had um, a friend of my sister who had season tickets at Dodger Stadium behind the Dodger dugout. And it was against the Phillies. And I think Jerry Royce was pitching. Um, Anyways, a huge brawl broke out. And my daughter was just I mean, she was traumatized. And and the usher. Uh, who knew um, uh, Cindy Sward was the uh, tick season ticket? On knew the Swords. He went down to the dugout after all this and uh, got an autographed baseball for for my daughter Kellen. So that you know, and uh, the, ba- the thing about baseball is it just it's it's an Elysian field, right? It's it's a place you walk into, you step out of time. There's grass. There's the smells and time is is no longer of of a thing and then
0: and it's a beautiful game because you can enjoy it it's not all about the game when you're there no. it's not like football No, you have to pay attention every second and so no. there's and, so much to love
3: Exactly. And, and, and it's it's a game where skill is necessary but not determinant it's luck randomness and luck take a a large part of the result that's that's why not always the, always in a you know In a short series, that's why the best team doesn't always win. It's because. Well, I
0: think that's the case with any sport. There's a lot of luck. There's a lot of things that have to happen in sequence that are part of luck, which makes baseball even more incredible because you got a lineup. Yeah. You have a purpose. You have a sense for who's supposed to be after whom, who's pitching. It's just.
3: Yeah, no, we we could have a good conversation about that. There was a scientific American study, a big stats on on randomness in sports, and it was baseball and soccer which had the most randomness and 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 the le- and where skill was the least determinant factor, uh just because they're so hard to do, right? I mean, it's hard to hit a, it's hard to hit a ball a, a ball thrown 90 miles an hour with with a round bat and it's hard to put that ball through the net while so anyways, th- th- I think that's another reason I love the game. And,
0: yeah, uh, we, we should. And I would like to I would love to just sit down and chat in the environment we were talking about. Yeah. Um, and all uh, oh my my baseball memories are, are just wonderful. And I let them out once in a while. But, but mm-hmm. so that's why I wanted to ask you, because I think you know much like it represents it's much like food you have food memories right when you were a kid oh, where your parents took you and yes. you know those smells and all those things yes. so okay. um uh hopefully we have all of those to pass on as well so um Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time while you're visiting your father. My thanks to your father for letting you go, but he let you go many times over the years.
3: Yeah, he did. Yeah. (laughs) And I always came back.
0: Yeah. There you are. There There you are. All right, man. Thanks so much. I appreciate it.
3: All right, I hope the next time we meet is uh, either at a game with a beer or over a martini at uh, Joe Bar, and, and uh, we'll have a nice night.
0: I didn't mention Joe Bar, so I'm glad that's you brought that right. up. Let's, I would love to do that. As a matter of fact, I don't, I'm not a big drinker, but when I do, it might be a dirty martini, so that's a good one. to. Uh, all right. That's a good one, so let, let's make a point of it. Okay. Let's not just say that this is that's endemic in this society is saying we're going to do shit and never do it
3: and never do it. Right. Yeah. It happens in your travel group. I'm sure everybody has this great time and they want to take, because I've done the same with other travel groups where you meet these wonderful people and then you're just really not good enough in following up and, and maintaining that relationship.
0: It's one of the reasons. Listen, I don't have a lot of skills. It's one of the reasons that I've been able to carry on doing what I'm doing because I get into conversations on my beach, exchange Instagrams, and the next thing you know, I do have, yeah. uh, I've met so many people because I talk, and and I do, and one of the things is I do stay in touch. I actually run a, just started, it's so awesome, a Zoom group, a monthly Zoom group with only my junior high school friends. I, I'm the glue there because I put it together and they're always thanking me. It's like, no, I enjoy doing this. It's not sure. a big deal, right? We all do this shit anyway. All yeah. I got to do is send out the invite and send out the link, which takes a minute. Yeah. So um, anyway, okay. but I, okay. so therefore, I'm under pressure to make sure we get together and we absolutely will. Ditto. So, and I, I, I enjoyed our time.
3: List. Thank you for having me. I, it was a pleasure.
0: I knew I would enjoy this. I didn't know you just a little bit, but I generally feel like I don't mean to be uh, ageist when I say this, but anybody our age and older that I've ever had on the podcast, there's so much wisdom and there's so much experience that I find the podcasts are really easy and they flow so well because there's a lot, a lot, of, there's a lot going on and lots you can talk about.
3: All right. I don't know about the wisdom part, but there are some funny stories, that's for sure. Uh, You got some (laughs)
0: wisdom going on there, my friend. Thanks so Uh, much for sharing it. All right. Be well. Okay. You too.
2: Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at Right at the Fork dot com.